0: But I want you to turn your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's go ahead and stand. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 8. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8, "...Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me that all at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing." As you look at this verse, you've got to look at it in context. Paul writes it to a young preacher By the name of Timothy. And he says this to him. He says in this verse. Well, here we go. It's not working again, brother. Let me make sure this thing's on. Yeah, it's on. All right, here we go. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8 says this. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. Then he says this, and not to me only. See, it's not just to Paul and it's not just to Timothy. It's to everybody. A crown of righteousness. Do you think we need a, we, we need righteousness in our life? Absolutely we need righteousness, and it says, but unto all them also that love his appearing, I'm looking forward to his appearing. I am tired of this battle that I that I fight every every day with this flesh. Aren't you? You get one thing right and then there's another thing that goes wrong. You get another, you get your attitude right, and then you gotta work about, work on bitterness. You get other things right, and you go, Oh, how can I do this? There's so many different things that are found in there. But I want to ask you as a pastor, I want you to have a great year. There's not a pastor in this country that says, you know, I want my people to have a terrible year. But you know, how do you have a great year? Or are we going to just have another average year? Is that what you want? That's not what I want. What about this, a bad year? Now that's not to say that we can't have a great year with bad things happening in it, but we've got to see where the great year is. How do we we base that on... We've got to want His appearing. We've got to want to do what He wants us to do. You ever been there and do what He, he wants to do? You feel a lot different than when you do what you want to do. Last week, we, we went over some of these things. These are basic but true. To have a great year, there's five things you must do. And we're on the third one this, this morning. The first one was reading. You need to read your Bible. second one, every Baptist preacher is going to say this. You need to talk to Him. It's a good thing to talk to Him. Communication with Him. The third one is following Him. You know, when you're a child and you played follow the leader, what did you try to do? You tried to go someplace where they couldn't follow you. Jesus is not going to ask you to go someplace that you can't follow Him. He's been through everything that we'll ever go through and and much more. And then we're going to talk about seeking. And the fifth one is doing. And on that week, we're going to have a very big week and we've got some things planned for that. We need to do some things for Him. To have a great year I don't want to just wake up and remember what's today's date anybody 20 26th right you realize you only have you have less than 11 months to buy my Christmas present amen you know I'm just kidding but we got 11 months and the first months over January's almost over to be over in the middle of this week and so we've got to keep understanding that time is flying by fast. So we've got to do all these different things. Some of the things we talked about, I think if you remember things in your mind, and we went over the first one is what? Readers are leaders. Leaders are readers. You can do it either way you want to do. We've got to make sure we read His Word. And the second one was this. Talkers are walkers. And what do I mean by that? It means if you're talking to Him, you're walking with Him also. The day is this. Living is giving. Or we can even switch that around, giving is living. There are people in this world that will give you the shirt off their back. There are other people that will take the shirt off your back. You ever met somebody like that? What's What's the Bible say about how we're supposed to be? To follow Him... The Bible says following, this is what it means. That which follows or moves in the same direction. So if we're going to follow Christ, we're going to go in the same direction and not be against Him. My flesh is always battling what I should do. Your flesh is always battling what you should do. Your flesh wants to go back to your old self and not go to the new self, which which is in Christ. Christ wants us to follow Him. He wants us to follow Him in His example in so many different aspects of it. But so often we want to go our own ways. Now, in the Bible you'll find this word, commandments. Have you ever read a commandment in the Bible? Is there only ten commandments in the Bible? No. Hundreds of commandments in the Bible. Now if it's a commandment, I remember when my dad would make a suggestion and then he'd make a commandment. They mean two different things. If there's a commandment, which one do I follow? I mean, there's more than one, of course. We need to follow them. And the second question is, can we pick and choose our commandment? Is our Bible a Bible where we can say, okay, I believe this book, but I don't believe this book. There are, there are 66 books in the Bible. 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. There's 1,189 chapters in the Bible. Can I pick and choose, oh, I want 1,187. I'm going to throw those last two out. What's the longest... What is the longest uh, chapter in the Bible? Psalm 119. Do you realize Psalm 119, is center focal point is what? About the Bible, reading the Bible and knowing what it means. So we've got to see this and we can't just pick and choose the ones we want. We've got to follow all of them. It always seemed when my dad would give me a list and, and I did all of them but one, that's the one he would notice. You ever been there? Well, why didn't you do this? And I wanted to say, well, I did all these other things. I just, I was, I'll do it. But as a Christian, look at this. It jumped on me. Here we go. As a Christian, it's not going to say it. You and I must either believe that commandments or commandments are merely suggestions. How many of you believe that a commandment of God that we need to follow? Now, I'm going to, I didn't see everybody's, I saw two people's hands. How many of you believe that a commandment I'm going to watch all the way around is something that God wants us to follow? Okay. I told you that I I, turned, the other day that I was behind Randy, and he turned on that light that says, no, turn on red. And about a week later, I did it. After I just preached about it. The other day I was out there and the light had turned yellow and on the yellow I turned, I don't know who it was, but someone texted me and said, you barely made that light. I was like, who is that? <laughs> you ever been there? We've got to get back to understanding people are watching you. We must understand that a commandment is not merely a suggestion. Now everybody's in a good spirit right now. But we're going to go over on giving is living and living is giving because it is a commandment. Giving is not just in one area. You know what? one of of the biggest things you can give people? How can you show someone you care about them? The first thing you can do is time. Spend time with them. Talk with them. How do I show my wife I love her? By spending time with her, texting her, calling her. That's how we do. We got to spend time with this. The other thing is, you can give in your talents. There's some of you I would never ask to play the piano in front of everybody. Daniel plays the piano great. Kelly, can you play the piano? No, sir. I would never call on Kelly and say, Kelly, listen, you have got a whole week. I want you to prepare an off tour. I want it on the, it on the piano, and Daniel will help you because he's an expert at piano. So he'll just help you through the whole thing. Everything will be fine. He'll teach you through it. I've seen my daughter. My daughter could play one song on the piano. You know how she learned it? YouTube. She put it on YouTube and it showed her which one she could play. And she would go after that song. And she got it where she could memorize it. I was like, please learn another song. Got t- we got talent, time, talents. Uh-oh. uh uh-huh. There it is. Tithe. And then an above the tithe. All right. Let's go over this and let's get this. Now, when you talk about finances in a church, here's the first thing that happens. Watch. People get upset. Because I'm talking to you on something that you really like. I knew of one particular man that I I knew that he was talking to me about tithing. He said he couldn't do it because he liked to eat out all the time. I had another, another person say that they, they want to put their child in our Christian school. Our last ministry said they couldn't do it because he ate out all the time. I said, how much do you, how much do you eat on a regular basis? He said, I usually spend about $20 a day. How many times a week? Five. How many, how many, how many weeks? Every week. Well, his priority was not what he, what, what, what he wanted, but he, he, people get upset about it. Preachers always talk about tithing, do they? When's the last time you've heard me preach about tithing? If you're visiting with us, this is not the norm. All right? When's the last time you've ever heard me on a Sunday morning preach about tithing? Anybody in here? All right? You know the first thing I do Sunday night, though? I look and see what our offering was because it runs the church. It's very important. Um, preachers talk about how many times they, they just uh, all they're concerned about is that you know can I basically say this with this church we are a giving church Denver we raised almost $10,000 for our missionaries you don't see it but Terry sees it. I see it Daniel and the people that are in the office we see missionary letters all almost every week that says thank you for our extra giving at Christmas for our extra giving at Christmas, we gave them the regular, regular hundred dollars per month. And by the way, if you're visiting, we have like ninety six missionaries. And then we gave them an extra hundred dollars for Christmas. I can't tell you how many how many letters Denver I have gotten, emails I have gotten, saying thank you so much. You don't know what that means. When a lot of times, watch this: churches usually at Christmas time sometimes don't pay their missionaries. You know why? Everybody spend their money on Christmas. And by the way, if we're talking about missionaries, we've got missionaries coming in in about, two, in about a month and a half. We're having our missions conference, and we're having, we've got some people coming in. And you know what we need to do for that? Here it comes again. We need to give for that. Because they need to see there are, there are commission to the whole world. But people do get upset, don't they? Now, I'm going to show you this. You say, what is I don't know? Now, let's just put this where it's at so you understand it. I don't know what you give. Now you can look at Terry and you can look at Jim, they do. But I'm not Terry or Jim, so if I look at you, don't get upset at me. If you show it on your face, I know where you stand. If you're scowling, and show me a scowl look, that's the look I don't want to see. So if I look at you, I've got my glasses on, I can see far out, I can't see close. I don't know what you give. I don't want to know what you give. You know what I want to know? I want to know how much I can get. I want it to be personal. I'm not apologetic about this because it's in the Word. It's in God's Word. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. Now, how it doesn't work. You say, what does that mean? Some people think preachers get up and they they do this so they can get a bigger income. I'm going to just pick on somebody real quick. Cecil. Let's say Cecil finally tithes. I don't know if you give or not, okay? Let's say you finally tithe and you give your $100 a week. Jim does not come in and say, Pastor, I've got got to sit you down, you've got to listen to me. Cecil finally tithe. So you are getting your $100 we have promised you. What you do or what you don't do doesn't affect me. What you do or what you don't do affects you. Someone got a mint, and I'm going to bring him back to them. Here's. Here you go. Here we go. <laughs> all right. By the way, it wasn't Cecil's, all right? Cecil saw it and watched it. Way to break the moment, Mandy. Appreciate that. All right, here we go. What you give, See. Why why I'm talking about following when it comes to tithing, it's cut and dry. It's one of the few things you do that's cut and dry. Watch. Can you hide a bad attitude? Bernard, can you hide a bad attitude? I can. Can I hide a, a, a bad feeling towards somebody? Absolutely I can. You know what I can't hide? I'm either a tither or I'm not a tither. This church is an independent Baptist church. You know how we pay for the facilities here and we take care of the facilities? It's by giving. It's by giving. Now, in your, in your life, you're going to either have a great year, an average year, or a bad year. You say, well, Pastor Wagner, why are you talking to me about this? Because this, when you follow Christ and you follow the Scriptures, you can't get past this object. It's something called tithe. And I see it. When people pass down the offering, plate. say, like, oh, no, here it comes again. You know how our missionaries get, get, get paid? Through the tithe. We don't have an outside source that comes in and says, here, we're going to pay the missionaries. You know what I like about God is this. Mathematically, it's very easy. The word tithe found in the scripture deals with, it just means 10%. So when you tithe, you give 10%. If you give to missionaries, it's an offering above that tithe. And again, if you're in here, I don't usually preach about this, but I'm telling you right now, I live it. I notice that when you don't see this, but in the, when the offering takes place, usually an usher comes up and I give my tithe. Well, today, I'm preaching about tithing and my check's on my desk. And I saw this man right here during the prayer take two steps forward, and I was like... And I'm thinking, here I'm praying about preaching about tithing. But I promise you tonight, keep your eyes closed when we pray, but it'll be in there tonight. Can you imagine if tithe meant 12 and percent and could God have chosen any number for tithe absolutely because we can survive on what God God gives us in fact what does the Bible say it says we're so food and raiment a, a, a roof above us but he does tithe and it's very easy because you know what you got to do you just got to move the decimal I'm a math person it's easy to do 10% and Bernard's a math person Bernard if I told you I made $1,200 how much would my tithe be Okay, now let's say this, Bernard. Let's say tithe was 12.5% and I made $974. What would it be? (laughs) God makes it easy, does He not? He knows exactly. And you know what? It's just us honoring for what He's done for us. It's not anything Preacher Wagner's done, Pastor Wagner's done. It's what the Bible says. Let's look up some verses. In the Bible and you'll say well where do you get this tithing is 10% giving is living the first one is Leviticus 2730 says this it says and all the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord is holy unto the Lord you say well I don't have seeds and I don't have a tree you've got to understand the context of this it's referring to what they make money on through the seeds and through the trees that's how they made money And it's talking about tithing. Keep going on the next verse. In the next verse, it says this. Well, it did say that. Can you go to that one, brother? The next one is not Leviticus 27, 30, but the next one is this. It's um, Numbers 18, 26. It says, Thus speaking to the Levites and saying to them, When you take of the children of Israel the tithes which I have given you from them for for your inheritance, then you shall offer up a heave offering of it for the Lord even as a tenth part of the tribe. Deuteronomy 14, says this. It says, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed, that the field bringeth forth year by year. This is God blessing you for you doing something to Him. For Him. Thou shalt... It was just there. Thou shalt truly tithe... And I want to tell you something. Don't kid yourself. The devil knows what he's doing when it comes to electronics. Amen? says in Deuteronomy 14, 12, if he can find that, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed, that the field bringeth forth year by year. And then in Luke chapter 18, this guy is trying to be spiritual in what he says in Luke chapter 18, verse 12. It says, I fast twice in a week. How many of you do that? This guy says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. You know what I've learned a long time ago is you can't outgive give God you can't and I'll explain what I do and you don't have to do it but there's a verse in the Bible turn in your Bibles to 1st Timothy chapter 6 1st Timothy chapter 6 Paul is writing this to, the, to the, the, the preacher Timothy and he says this he says and everybody knows this verse 1st Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10 it says this for the love of money is the root of all evil Which while some coveted after, they have erred in the faith and pierced themselves through many sorrows. There it is up on the screen. It says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Now I've heard people misquote this verse. I've heard people say things that are not necessarily true about this verse. There is nothing wrong with having money. But when we have money just for our possessions, for our retirement you know what I've got a bigger int- retirement you know what it is it's an eternal ret- a, a retirement it's what I give to missions what I give to the Lord and I'm so thankful that I get that I have the ability to do that and then I hear people say well if I just had this amount of money I'd give if you don't give on a small amount you'll never give on a larger amount because the more you make the higher the tithe is for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after They have erred from the faith. Now, interesting, go back to where 1 Timothy is written. It's written to a man by the name of Timothy that's a pastor. There was a a preacher on television my wife and I would listen to. I never saw anything undoctrinal with what he said. And He he got on TV and started getting on TV, and we'd we'd listen to him, and I thought some interesting messages that he came across. At the very end of of his message he would make this statement. He'd say, now listen, don't send your tithe to me. It goes to your local church. I was like, wow, that's amazing that he would say that. Because televangelists don't do that. They want you to buy a handkerchief, touch the TV, and everything's okay. And that handkerchief costs you $200. I'll sell you one for $5. It's interesting, we just watched him just recently. Larry, you know what he did? He changed his tune he didn't say that anymore you know what he says now if you would like to send money to our ministry please send as much as you want wonder what happened something changed and please don't come up to me and ask me who it is but as you as you look at it you think man what what happened to him you've got to look at this in context let's go to the whole context of this go to go go to 1st Timothy chapter 6 and let's look at this whole context it's found in verse 6 through 10 He's telling this young preacher, he says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. He's trying to get this man to understand, Timothy to understand, you don't have to have everything. Just be content with what you have. He's the same man that wrote in Philippians, I have looked for what I have learned and whatsoever said I am there with to be content. Keep reading, it, it says, for we brought nothing into this world and is certainly we can carry nothing out. Came in with nothing, you're going to leave with nothing, only the things That you've done for god look at the next verse it says and having food and raiment let us be there with content you ever content with what god's given you i learned a very valuable lesson last night yesterday when i was eating i had a hamburger that was a half pound hamburger you don't realize how big a half pound hamburger is until it's put put right in front of your plate we had fried green tomatoes i had a baked potato and the young lady across the, across the table from me had apples. I coveted those apples. I started saying things about those apples. said, I can't wait to have some of my apples. Didn't I say that, Alan? At least a hundred times. I can't wait to have some of those apples. I was just joking with her. When it all said and done, she got done, put some of the apples on her plate, and then she gave them to me, the rest of them. I was like, that's not really what I wanted. I mean, they were good, but after you eat a half-pound hamburger, you don't have much room. And i got to tell you, since this lady gave it to me, I ate the apples. They were good apples, but my stomach is a little bit bigger than what it was the day before. You know, sometimes you say things because sometimes you're just, you're just playing around with people. I understand that, but sometimes you say things because we're not content with what we have. It's always better on the other side. And the Bible says this in this verse. He says, Listen, and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. And then it says in verse number nine, but they which will be rich and fall into temptation and a snare and in many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. And then it says this verse. He's trying to warn Timothy being a pastor is not all about the money. You know what I found out being in ministry? Is when I had to interview people to work with my ministry a lot of times I felt like they were interviewing me what are you gonna do for me what are you gonna give me what are you gonna do and I I thought man that's not what it's all about I'm not all about making the preacher um, starve and I'm not about staff members starving but I want to tell you something there's got to be a God reliance to this whole thing so when the Bible says for the love of money is the root of all evil it's talking about we've got to keep the right perspective on money. I'm not, I'm not somebody that's going to say, hey, sell everything you've got and put it to the church. But if God has blessed you, you better turn around and bless him back for what he's done for you. Keep reading and let's look at something. Like this. There's a couple questions I have for you. And again, I'm not looking at anybody. Oh, it just went off, brother. Can you go to this? Who is this to? Who is the tithe to? Second question is this, who is it for? Well, let's go to the most obvious book. If you find the Old, the New Testament, flip over to the one everybody talks about when they, when they talk about giving. Go to Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. And I want you to go to verse number 7. Malachi 3 verse 7. While you're turning there, I want you to find your your place there and go to Acts chapter 5 and keep your finger in Acts chapter 5. And again, I am not trying to offend you. I'm just telling you if you're going to follow Christ when he gives us a commandment, we've got to follow that commandment. We've got to follow. And you'll never understand what it means in giving and you'll never understand living until you get this right. So in Malachi chapter 3, Verses 7 through 12, who is this to? The tithe is to God. Who is it for? It's for me to show obedience to God. We just had a baptism last week. Baptism doesn't do anything other than show obedience to what God has told us to do. I'm not going to sit there and I'm not going to look at your W-2 forms and go, I wonder if they gave. I don't care. It's between you and God. But Malachi writes this. Look at Malachi chapter 3 verse 7. Even from the days of your father, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them returning unto me. And I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But he said, wherein shall we return? Now look at verse number eight. Will a man rob God? Yet he have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. This is between you and God. No one in this room, Jim's not going to want your W 2 forms after the service. Terry's not going to want your W 2 forms after the service. But I'm just trying to help you understand that we need to follow God. It's as simple as that. You can't outgive God. You might think, oh, wow, I can't afford this. You can't afford not to. There's a preacher by the name of Lee Robertson. Have anybody ever heard of Lee Robertson? Lee Robertson was a, was a man in Chattanooga, Tennessee, started Tennessee Temple University. I think you guys even went to Tennessee Temple. And so he started Tennessee Temple, and I, I heard Clarence Sexton tell this story. He said, a man came into his office and said, I want to start a business. And so with this business, I want you to pray over it, and I'm going to give, I'm going to give he said he's going to give 20% of all the things he makes, 10% in missions and 10%, 10% in, in tithe. I'm going to give it all, all to the Lord, and I just want you to pray this business is successful. So the guy starts, starts his business, it grows, it grows, it grows, and he starts giving 10%. And he starts giving the 20% that, he's, that he promised. And so, lo and behold, that business just expands and gets gigantic. And through the years, the man comes back and he sits down with Lee Robertson and he says this. He says, Listen, my tithe and my offering is too much. I'm making too much money, so I'm going to stop doing it. Lee Robertson looks at him and he's a, a giant of a, of a Christian. He says, I want to pray with you before you go. So he gets down in his humble little voice and <laughs> Lee Robertson does, and he starts praying. He says, listen, he said, Lord, I, I, I'm with so-and-so, and I know that he promised all this. He says he can't afford this. He said, but Lord, since he can't afford it, make his business go down so that he can still afford it. When he got up, he said, no, 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 preacher, I don't want you to pray that. He said, when you make a promise, you need to follow through with it. Missionaries are counting on us. and The economy's good right now. If the economy goes bad, they're still counting on us. And you've got to realize sometimes our economy is good and where they're at, their economy is bad. Sometimes our dollar doesn't count for much in some places. We've got to continue doing this. Who is this to? Our tithe and our offering are to God, showing that we care about Him. Who is it for? It's for me. Some of you are visiting. and About 11 years ago, we had the biggest scare in my life when my wife was told that she had cancer. You know instantly and and I know God doesn't hold you accountable for everything that, that, that you do but instantly I wanted to go to prayer I started praying over things and one thing I did not have to worry about is certain things in my life and one of them was giving to him I didn't have to make things right because they were already right in that area I had to make things right with my attitude I had to make things right with some of my my spiritual things that I do and not so spiritual things but when it comes to this promise that I'm supposed to do what God wants me to do, when it comes to tithe, I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't owe him anything. You say, well, people in ministry don't have to worry about that. Then, that, then why is the case that I had to, I have, I've had to talk to staff members, not here, but staff members at other churches that I worked at to talk to them and make sure they're doing what they need to do. And they're in ministry. Go to, go to Acts chapter 5. This is a wonderful story. I would love to know what the offering was the next week at this church. Acts chapter 5 is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. But I want you to look at the last nine words of verse number 4. Ananias and Sapphira, they come in, they've sold some land, they're talking to each other, they're going to come in at different times, and they, say, they figure out how much they're going to give, but it's not going to be the right amount. What's the last nine words of chapter 5? In verse number 4, the disciples are talking to him. He's about ready to die, and they say this, Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Wow. We've got to understand that we are not lying to men. We are lying to God when we don't do what's right. I am not going to come to your house. I am not going to check what you do. But God sure does keep an accurate record. Who is this to? To tithe is to the church and to the Lord. Who's it for? It's not for Pastor Wagner. It's for you. That's what the Bible says. And I want you to look at one more story and we'll be done. Actually, two. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. How are we to give our tithes and offerings? How do we do it? Well, there's two things, and I, I, I think sometimes God has a sense of humor because when you look at this, this, this aspect that we're looking at this morning, it gets pretty tense. And right now I can feel like knives coming at me with some people, but that's fine because I'm just telling you what the Bible says. It's not my opinion. It's what the Bible says. It is a commandment that God gives us. Look at Acts chapter 9 and verse number 5. If you're underlining anything in here, you know what God, how we're supposed to give our offering? Watch this. We're supposed to give it with the correct attitude. If I were to take a a poll with our ushers, or any church usher, mind you, (laughs) of any church, and if they were to take pictures of people when the offering plates are going down, how people must react. I mean, it's a running joke here that whenever I look at you at the very end, if I make eye contact, I'll call on you to pray. The men tell me that all the time. I'm trying to change that. Brandon always tells me that. But I'm trying to change that so I'll look at Brandon and call on somebody else. But when you pass off everybody, oh no, pastor wants our money. No, God has given so many things to us, so many wonderful things to us, we just get to give back to Him. Look what it says. Mark some things in your Bible. It says in verse number five, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would, would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof, Ye had noticed before that the same night be ready as, an, as a matter of bounty and not as covetousness. Now watch this. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall, also, shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall keep also bountifully. Listen, you sow something, you get more. Ba- the more corn you plant, the more corn you get. Unless you have the deer that are in my neighborhood, Amen. You can't outgive God, folks. I'm telling you that you can't. At Christmas time, now you don't have to go as far as I do, but I, I've realized real quick I can't outgive God. At Christmas time, you know what my wife and I do? We get gift cards. You know what I look at gift cards as? Cash. Now I go the nth degree on this, but you can do whatever you want. If I get a gift card of $20, uh, $20 I'll put $2 in offering. You know what I learned a long time ago? I can't outgive give God. Now, I like this next verse. If you're underlining any verses, go to verse number seven. Here's what God wants. He wants the correct attitude. In verse number seven, and I want to make sure I read this, every man according to has, as he purposed in his heart, so let him give. Not, what's the next one? Grut. Okay, you even said it that way. What's that word? Not Let's say it with a happy voice, not, there we go. And then it says this. It says, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. He wants us to have the right attitude about it. He could have asked for 30%. He asked for 10. Either I'm going to follow him or I'm not going to follow him. This is cut and dry. I want you to go to one more verse, Matthew chapter 5. Not only does he want our offering to be a correct attitude, you know what else he wants? He wants a correct heart. This is a story sometimes we overlook. But let's look and see what God says, and we're almost done. Matthew chapter 5, and I want you to see this, because when you read this, sometimes you you flippantly go through this. But look what it says. Now, this is a Sermon on the Mount. If you have a red-letter Bible, it's going to be all highlighted. Jesus is saying all this. It says in verse number 21. And this is a weird place to start, but it says this. It says, Ye have heard that is said by them of, of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whatsoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Whosoever shall say to his brother, Raca, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Now, watch what he says in this verse. Jesus is saying this. He says in verse number 23, Therefore, if thou bring the gift to the altar, and there remembrance that thy brother hath aught against thee. You think he wants us to have the right heart and the right attitude? Absolutely. Agree with thy adversary quickly, are in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee unto the officer, and, and, and thou be cast into prison. Now look at this. Verily I say unto that there shall be no means out come out thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. Go back to this. It says in verse number 24, leave there thy gift before the offering and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Jesus wants us to have the right attitude about it. He wants us to have the right heart about it. Now I'm talking to the choir here. This is a very giving church. We don't have any debts. We've paid our missionaries extra this this year. We've got got missionaries coming in that we can encourage them. And there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to encourage them. Denver, is there any doubt that we're going to encourage these missionaries to come in? No doubt. Because you know what they need? They need some help. We need to be a giving church because giving is living. If I'm not giving, I'm dying. Okay, quote this verse. John 3.16, do you think that's about living? Do you think when you read John 3.16, you see living all the way through it? Absolutely you do. The Bible says this, for, let's, let's say it together. For God so loved the world that he, what? Gave. Living is giving. We gave report cards out, and, and again, you filled them out yourself. And it was about witnessing, it was about all these different things, but one of them was tithing. You either got an A or an F on it. I'm not expecting the offerings to jump up because the offerings are already re- really good. But I, as a pastor, I'm not doing my job if I don't tell you what the Bible says. Following him means following what he says. And if I've offended you about this, I'm telling you, you better get it right. It's nothing that I've said, it's everything that the Bible says. For most people in here won't have an issue with this. But my Bible also says this. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You know, one thing, when I get to heaven, I'm I'm not going to be able to look him in the eyes. Neither will you. When we see Christ, we'll be at a a bended knee, and we'll understand all of our shortcomings. But Brother Shoop, there's some shortcomings that I've had that I have to deal with. And I'll beg and plead and say, Lord, I'm so sorry that I did that. I shouldn't have done this, shouldn't have done that. But there are certain areas in my life that I don't have to worry about. And one of them is giving. Because of, of giving, the necessity, necessity is living. And when I give, I live. And I am so thankful that Jesus gave me the ability to do work. He gave me the ability to sell things. He gave me the ability to do all these business different things that anybody can do. And He in turn wants our tithe. You know what it shows? It shows our love for Him and our love for the Scripture. We need to read. Leaders are readers. Readers are leaders. We need to understand we need to talk to Him. Walkers are talkers and talkers are walkers and you know what else we need to do? We understand giving. Giving is living and living is giving. Now don't go out of the church and not look at me when you go out because I'll know you're not giving. I don't know who doesn't give. Come shake my hand and smile. You do the Lindsay smile, no one will know anything's wrong with you. I'm not here to make it awkward with you. I'm here to tell you that we need to follow what the scriptures say.